Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a wonderful God. Will you lift up your hands unto the King of Kings? Say, Jesus, I've come to lift you up. I've come to honor you, God. I've come to show my token of appreciation. Every hand lifted, every voice going forth. For the King of Kings is in the place right now. As easy as you can feel the wind. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody talk to him, Lord, I need your help. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We magnify your name. Come on, I can sense the presence of angels. I can sense the presence of the Almighty One. Lord, I need you, Lord. Refresh me. Touch my soul, oh God. Come on, I feel the presence of the great physician. We love you, sweet God, for there's no other king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if we can keep this just moving right now. There's a sweet presence of the Lord. I feel peace and calm. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. Somebody say, God, I know you love me, but I want you to know I love you. Somebody say, God loves me. God is helping me. God is walking with me. Amen. Can we just love him with the sound of our voice right now? You say, how do I do it? You just pray. Thank you for putting food on the table. Thank you for putting clothes in the closet. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my city, my church, my pastor. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful blessing of life that you've given me. Lord, I won't complain. I won't complain. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I feel power in this place. I feel the helping hand of God. God is helping somebody. When somebody, you're going to walk out of this place, I promise unto you by the word of God, you will never be the same after today because the presence of God is going to touch your mind. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody feel him? Just love him. Lord, we've come to celebrate you. Lord, we've come to show once again our devotion and our loyalty. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I want to continue this cycle of prayer right now. Just You can close your eyes. You can leave them open. But I want you to remind God about your prayer list. He said, bring all of your petitions to me, everything by prayer and supplication. God, you know my needs today. Lord, you know my desires. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody right now. God is telling you because you prayed for others. God said, I'm going to help you. I'm talking to somebody. You wouldn't pray certain things for yourself because you thought it was selfish, but God is telling you, I'm going to answer your prayers. Come on, you've got a prayer list. You've got some things that only God can do. It's not a selfish thing to pray. He said, pray. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Everybody praying. This is the house of prayer. 
Lord, I'm coming before you. Mm. We are at a good place right now. I don't feel the over-influencing presence of the enemy. I just feel the presence of God. God can work in this atmosphere. Miracles, faith. Somebody say, Lord, I receive your word and your power. Somebody say, Lord, I believe you can. I believe your word. Let's praise him. Thank him in advance. Thank you, Lord, for saving my family. Thank you for the blessings. God, I'm going to go ahead and thank you before I get it, before it happens. I'm going to go ahead and praise you in advance. I'm going to put a down payment of praise. And I'm going to praise you after it's answered. Oh, I'm going to worship pre and I'm going to worship post. Because God, I know that I brought it before your ears and attention. And I know that you are a prayer answering God. Anybody feel a witness? Woo, I'm going to rejoice before and after. Oh, somebody shout. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I feel the spirit of faith. Where there's faith, God's already just, God, God's mentality is you just say the word when there's faith. You need forgiveness, God says. Just ask for forgiveness. It takes faith to be forgiven. You got to believe that God has the ability to forgive you. You, you got to believe that he wants to forgive you. That's why we don't have condemnation after we ask the Lord to forgive us. Bible says, confess your faults. He that confesses his sin and forsakes. Somebody say, I got to forsake some things. I got to give some things up. But it's with the Lord's help. And if you are willing to give some things up to get God, God will give you what you need. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad I came to that point in my life. I was asked a question, will you give up the world in order to get Jesus? And I looked at the world and I looked at all of the, thi all of the things that the world could offer me and all of the hurt, the pain, the confusion, the darkness, the sin, the bondage that the world gives freely. And I looked at Jesus and Jesus said, I've got something to offer you beyond this world. My look and it was a struggle because the world will offer a false freedom. And I looked at Jesus, and there was peace, there was love, there was, there was comfort in the times of confusion. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There was, mm. and the world was pulling on me saying, you don't want to go that way. Look at what all the things we can do and all the avenues we can travel. And Jesus said, but if you come here, he said, I can give you myself. And man, when you make a decision like that towards God, he takes it so personal.
He said, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest unto your soul. I like this, Brother Paul. He said, he said, for I am meek and I am lowly. My God, what a God. He said, I'm, I'm humble. He said, come, take this yoke, he said, and learn of me. Learn from me. We're going to learn it together. It takes time to learn. The teacher's got to have patience with the student. I'm telling you, the Bible says he's slow to anger, rich in mercy. He's just a walk. We just walk with him. And he helps us. What are you trying to do, Brother Poindexter? I'm trying to help somebody with condemnation. You feel like God's thumb is on you and all of these requirements and God's in a rush and he's shoving you. No, no. Just walk with him. Walk with the master. Let him develop you. Let him form you. Amen. Anybody thankful for the love of Jesus? Say thank you for loving me, God. Thank you for having patience with me. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, why don't we celebrate him and just say, God, I thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you. We praise you. We praise the name of the Lord. Amen. I want to give congratulations to all of the, uh, the graduates. Amen. Man, I graduated. They pretty much kicked me out of school. But here, here, here's your diploma. Get on up out of here, man. Tired of messing with you. And uh, man, I graduated. Boy, we got there in the convention center. Man, Mama was there taking pictures. Grandma, uncles, aunts. You know, all my friends. They signing yearbooks, signing my shirt. Man, I'm like, shut up, made it. Everybody showed up. People came from out of town. I'm like, man, I'm retiring. You know, people handing you money. Man, I'm walking around. You know, I'm talking about money when you got to lick your thumb to count it. Anybody? <laughs> you know, when you pull up, you're like, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. You just. And uh, that was on a Saturday. Monday, Mama came in there. She said, you going to get a job? And I found out real quick it was just beginning. <laughs> Praise God. So thankful to be here. Special friends, pastors, Pastor Hood and Sister Stephanie Hood. Amen. I want to tell you I'm thankful for my pastor's wife. And uh, I usually mention that just about everywhere I go. And the reason why I say that is because I've, I've been around long enough. I've been around churches long enough. And uh, my son tends to have the persuasion that when daddy's around, I'll listen. But when mama's around, man, and you know, that's just human instinct. And I've learned in my own experiences. I've got to have an equal respect for my pastor's wife. And uh, I know what I'm talking about. I was young, you know. I'm supposed to be my chest out at my pastor's wife. She asked me to do something. Young and 
And then when my pastor come around, it's, it's early. It's just human instinct. But I learned God began to show me some things. Amen. Solomon said, turn not from the commandment of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. And uh, a lot of times I can show my pastor my tremendous devotion to him by how I treat his wife. I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm not saying I feel anything. I'm just, I'm just saying wisdom. Because God's watching. And the Bible says God weighed the spirits. Amen. Your pastor can't promote you. God does the promotion. Amen. Honor thy father and thy. Amen. Well, I'm already getting into some stuff. I don't know. Some of y'all need to call y'all's mother. Mama, I love you. I'm going to let you know I appreciate you. Woo. Hallelujah. Well, I'm evangelizing today. I'm not pastoring. Amen. But I love the Hood family, a dear friend. Amen. I, uh, anybody love coffee? They're about to shout. They're like, amen, brother. I didn't really start drinking coffee until I started evangelizing with your pastor. Man, I don't know what he did. Man, God. Thank God for coffee. Some of y'all don't know how to act if you don't have coffee. You can't even go to work. You're like, man, no, no, pull over here. No, here, right here. Amen. Amen. I'm just thankful that God has given us life to enjoy. Right, man. Right. Want us to enjoy? You got to live this life. It's short. Might as well enjoy it with Jesus. Amen. Love my precious wife, and uh, I think she's probably trying to handle my son. Amen. Now I've preached here when it was just me. I was single and desperate. I went to a conference one time. I was single. Buddy of mine looked. He said, "Man, your eyes look like ping pong balls." I was trying to get married, brother. Trying to you know, activate my faith. And uh, and I preached here when I got married. It was just us two. And then God kept adding my son, and now I got a son and a daughter. Praise God. Amen. Thankful. Thankful. Going to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 9. Amen. Matthew, chapter 12, and verse 9. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 9. And then we'll flip over to the book of Job, chapter 23, verse 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 9, and then we'll flip over to the book of Job, chapter 23, verse 12. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. I 
just another word for church. Behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. They asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? How about that? And he said, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, then saith he to the man, then saith he to you, then saith he to me, stretch forth thine hand, the withered hand, the dried up hand, the hand that you're ashamed of, the hand that you are embarrassed of, the weak places. Stretch it to me. Don't stretch it back. Stretch it forth. Stretch it forth to the one that can do something about it. Stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Job chapter 23, verse 12, simply says these words. Job, giving us the famous words, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Somebody say his word always works. Jesus, we come before you today, God, in the name of Jesus. In the next several moments, Lord, we ask that you would connect us with heaven, with your gifts, with faith, with charity, with mercy, the greatest of these. In the name of Jesus, God, that your justice will meet with us here today. Somebody say, Lord, I receive your word. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in God's house. Amen. <clears throat> Several years ago, we had a, an older gentleman come. He was uh, early 70s. He was very modestly dressed. He pulled up to church parking lot, the wheels, tires grabbing the dust from the gravel, spitting it in the air, this large motorhome, a humble old man got out of the motorhome. I watched him grab some of his bags, some of his instruments. I knew he was going to be a visiting preacher. Immediately there was something about him that I was attracted to. Something attractive about a man that had lived past the polish, trying to impress people, trying to be a political campaigner, just wanted to do the will of God. I looked at his tie. It was old yet in good condition. His shoes, 
weathered in time, but yet preserved. There was something about this man. It was a man of God. Came to the pulpit that night, skinny frame, looked like a life of discipline, self-control. Opened up his laptop from the pulpit, and the famous teacher, Kelsey Griffin, began to, to speak. I learned a little bit of history about him. He was an instructor, professor, Texas Bible College for a lot of years, many, many miles, traveling the world, the country, just teaching scriptures, helping students and people. Wouldn't be anybody that you would put in the Hall of Fame, perhaps. It wouldn't be anybody that uh, the world would blast on radio station broadcasts or TV screens, but just a humble man of God, famous in the eyes of God. I remember him just teaching. It wasn't anything uh, spectacular, but it was solid. It was just the Word of God. It was just factual, just truth. It was just the Word, nothing more, nothing less. No polish, no particular glitter or glaze, just God's Word. And I admire that because coming out of the world and all of its fakery and all of its polish and shimmer, and all of its gleam. You just want something real, something real, something that will tell me that God is real. Show me where I am and show me where I can get to. Give me hope to get out of this world. And I remember this man one night, just a Wednesday night, speaking. Uh, that was the only time it came, but it impacted me. And there was something about him. It emanated from him. Uh, when you got around him, there was just a desire uh, that you had. You just wanted to go grab your Bible, and you just wanted to read about the beautiful promises and what God has been communicating to the world since the beginning. I don't know what it was. There wasn't any uh, uh, flags or any signage around him, any billboards that said, read your Bible. But it came out of his spirit. It came out of his pores. It just something that he lived for such a long time. It was almost like a spiritual fragrance around him. Read the Word of God. Get in it. Study it. See what God is trying to speak to you about. Listen to the voice of God. God has a message to you. You just want to go grab it and by candlelight in the middle of the night study the Word and see what God has to say to you personally. Amen. And he impacted my life. I remember years later uh, reading about a man who was asked who are some of his favorite preachers. And uh, there were some that if I named them, you probably would recognize them. And, and lo and behold, years later on the list, there was a man by the name of Kelsey Griffin. And he began to tell the time that he was in Texas Bible College as a student. And Kelsey Griffin, that famous instructor, began to challenge them to get into the Word of God. Not 20 minutes, not 15 minutes, but spend hours in God's Word. Really dig into it. Go deep. Look at the depths of what God has been saying. Study that old ancient book that nations, kings, uh, and tyrants are afraid of. And I want you to spend time in this Bible. Read it. Study it. Make notes. Make marks in your Bible and see what God is trying to say. And this young man at the time uh, a student, now an old man. He 
begin to reminisce about the time his increasing uh, devotion to God's word, his Bible, began to happen in his life. He started out by just reading a little bit, but uh, through the process of being uh, embraced with God's word so much, something got a hold of him. An ever-consuming desire got a hold of his mind. That's all he could think about was spending time reading and studying, devouring and consuming the word of God. It began to change him. It began to develop him. His logic and his theology, ideology and philosophy of life began to change. Uh, uh, friends started looking at him different. He began to lose friends that wanted to go the ways of the world and uh, the nightlife because of this word that got a hold of him. Pretty soon he found himself spending hours into the word of God. And it wasn't long. He said one night he got up and he knew that something was burning in him. He was getting ready to read his Bible, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. He got up and was going to the kitchen to get a drink of water. And as he was going, there was a little desk, uh, a little lamp in the corner where he would read his Bible and Bible college there. And as he was going, he got up, was walking towards the kitchen, and out of the corner of his eye, he saw that little orange, reddish glow, something flickering in the corner of his eye. He looked over. And there it was. There was a flame that was just dancing without uh, anything over the word of God, just dancing over his Bible. He looked at it, and he rubbed his eyes, thought he was dreaming. Surely uh, this is just a dream. But as he looked at that fire, that flame, it began to grow, and it began to increase, and it began to crescendo, as if it were, over the word of God. That, that little flame began to turn into a bright light of fire, over that word of God. And that scripture hit his mind. It's not my word like a fire, God said. It's not my word like a fire. Amen. It's not my word like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces. It's not my word like a fire. You say, man, I'm dealing with things. God can consume things through the power of his word. God is able Oh, clap your hands. It's something powerful about the word of God. God personally came to that little dorm room to show him what was going on. That if you will let my word consume you, I can consume. I can burn out the depression. I can burn out the addictions. I can burn out unforgiveness by the power of God's word. Oh, clap your hands. Ah, ah, ah. I could tell by your response, and I'm not picking on nobody, but I could tell by your response. God is trying to get the message to you, get in my word. Where else you going to go? What you going to turn to? Inspirational things can only last for just a few fleeting moments in life. But God has given us his word. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall endure forever. God, teach me how to lean upon the word of God. Teach me how to esteem the word of God more than my necessary food. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Man, that word. That word of God, God is trying to tell us in the midst of chaos, in times of confusion, 
grab you the word of God and listen to the message that God is trying to speak to you. Amen. Some of us are so confused, maybe running to and fro. We don't know where to turn, and God is saying, grab a hold of my word. Spend time in the word of God. Somebody say, teach me, Lord. Amen. The devil came to Jesus, I believe, in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is just trying to do, he's just trying to do whatever he can. Amen. You know, just trying to be a good person. He's praying. He's fasting. Amen. He's trying to get a hold of the Spirit of God. He's trying to get closer to God. And so he separates himself from humanity. Somebody say separation. Let me tell you something. If you're going to really get a hold of God, it's going to take you separating yourself. I'm talking to some folks today. Amen. You've got to be willing to separate yourself from the world, possibly friends. Amen. I've got to be able to separate to get a hold of God. One of the greatest kings that ever lived, he said, listen, he said, he that separated himself intermeddleth with all wisdom. I want to tell you something. If you're going to get a hold of God, you've got to be willing to cut off every connection just to connect with Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I'm trying to help some folks today. Amen. I can't have my hand on the world and have my hand on Jesus at the same time. Amen. You can't serve two masters. Either you will hold to the one and let the other go or vice versa. I, for one, choose to get a hold of God. And I want to listen to the word that God has for me. Oh, hallelujah. God, I've got to have it. I'm trying to stir up somebody's desire so much that you are willing to let this world go. Amen. How much does Jesus cost to you? Are you willing to let go of friends and possibly family? Are you willing to let go of this world and all of the bright lights to get a hold of Jesus? Lord, help me to get a hold of you. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, praise God. David, David said his word, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. Oh, God, I've got a desire to be right with you, that I am willing to hide some things in my heart from the word of God. What was David doing? David was letting the word of God dominate his lifestyle. Oh, God, help us. He was letting the word of God dominate his mind and his thoughts and his philosophies. And the only way you can do that, friend, is you've got to develop a consistent relationship with God's word. Mm. Hallelujah. So many people, man, I want to know God. I want to know what God is doing in my life. God is saying, if you will just get in my word, I'll teach you how to listen to my voice. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to know him. I want to know him. I've got to know him. And it starts with, by his word. John said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, if John said in the beginning was God's word, how are you going to begin your day without God's word? Come on, somebody. Help me now. Because I'm, I'm telling you, if we're not careful, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world. The word co means together, form means to be created. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word means a cross. 
So God, listen, listen, the world's going this way. God's over there waiting for the light to change, saying, I'm going this way. But you can, you can, you can change directions if you like, but I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. Listen, listen. And you, if you're going to follow the world, the world wakes up, and the first thing the world wants to know is what's going on in the world. And it'll suck you in. It'll drag you in. And it will begin to dominate your mindset. It will fill your mind with chaos, anxiety, fear, and unbelief. Oh, God, help us. Help us. This is why there's so much distrust in the world, because that's what the world has created. John said the whole world lieth in wickedness. Man, that word lieth means it finds comfort in wickedness. Listen, God said, if you will wake up and esteem my word more than your necessary food, I'll give you peace. I'll give you comfort. Oh, clap your hands. Oh, hallelujah. He said, listen, if you will, if you will wake up and get in my word, let my word saturate your mind. Let my word begin to break up the chaos and the confusion and the fear and the disbelief and the distrust. It will empower you. It will progress you. And it will promote you to the place you desire to go. Blessed is the man, David said. Blessed is the man. That word blessed in the Hebrew means fortunate. Fortune. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Counsel is the exchange of advice and ideas. Where are you getting your ideas from? Where are you getting your advice from? This is why you get in church and we start preaching against certain music. Not, not because we're trying to kill all the fun and all of your sensual pleasure. It's because we don't want you getting the wrong advice and the wrong ideas. <laughs> Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What is an ungodly person? That's somebody that doesn't have God primary in their life. Somebody that don't want to go to church. Somebody that don't have a relationship with the Bible. Somebody that doesn't have a relationship with God, nor is interested in. Blessed is the man. He said, you already blessed if you know how to stay away from them people. Yes. Hallelujah. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Watch him now. He's watching. You got to watch where you walk. You got to watch who you hang out with. You got to watch the herd. God's talking to some of you right now. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Sin means to miss the mark. The mark is Jesus Christ and being right with him. Let me tell you something. It takes time to learn how to be right with God. It's not just a one time, one time, and just boom. It takes time. It takes getting up on Sunday and going to church and coming on Wednesday and Bible study. It, it takes time to be saved. And, man, I don't know what I'm delving into, but, but there's a false ideology that says, well, I'll just get right on my deathbed. That's what old Rome used to teach. And that's where they got sprinkling of baptism. You, you just confess God on your deathbed will sprinkle you and you will be all right. That's a lie from hell. He said, listen, any man that's going to follow me, he's got to take up his cross. He's got to deny himself. And then he can come and follow me. 
Oh, God. Watch it now. Huh? He said, there's some prerequisites to following Jesus. He said, first thing you got to do is you got to deny yourself. The Greek there means you got to lose your own image and disown yourself. You mean my image? Yeah, your image. Because there's only one image, and that's God. He said, I won't have one. Uh -uh. There's only one image. What is he saying? There's only one I want you to be focused on, and that's me. Hallelujah. Watch him now. He said, you deny yourself. He said, then you take up your cross. That word, taking up your cross, a cross was an instrument of punishment, cruel punishment. What's my cross? It's this flesh on your bone. That's your cross. Jesus brought his cross, and he carried it to Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. What is the message? He said, you got to pick up this flesh, and you got to take it to the place of Christ's mind. This is, why, this is why Paul said, let the mind of Christ dwell in you richly. Man, let it dwell in a rich amount. You've got to get in the word of God, not, not a little bit. It's got to be a, a good amount so you can bring this flesh. Says, and then Jesus says, you can follow me. When you think like the way I think, if I can think like him, I can follow him. This is why he came and he spoke forth words. And the Pharisees looked at him with disdain and disgust. Amen. Why? Because he was, he was contradicting their mindset. And the world will look at us and will look at you and say, that don't make sense. That's a foreign language. But it makes sense when you got your mind made up and you esteem his word more than my necessary food. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He's saying you got to watch how you walk. You got to watch where you stand. Now you got to watch where you sit at. He said, scornful, that's a murmur, that's a complainer, that's somebody with a negative attitude, they're, cr they're critical, they're cynical, they're bitter, amen, they got, man, I, they, every time you talk, every time you talk to them, it's negative. Hallelujah. Am I lying? We all got people like that in our life. But, but if you're not careful, pretty soon you're going to become negative. Because negativity is an infectious disease. It spreads, and it'll get in your spirit. And all of a sudden, man, scorn. You scorn everybody and everything. You scorn your city, and you scorn your family, and you got something critical to say about anything and everything. But the Bible says if you can learn how to get in my word. He said, blessed is a man that walketh, standeth, sinneth in the seat of the scornful. He said, but, my, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, that he meditate day and night. Woo! Watch him now. He's saying, listen, if you want to get to that state, it's got to be a relationship morning and before you go to bed. Why? Become the devil. Jesus is praying and fasting. Amen. 
And all of a sudden, the devil comes. And the devil picked up on his anointing. And he picked up on his future. And he picked up on the blessings. You think the devil don't know about what God has planned for you? Man, he, the devil... I'll tell you something, man. Job chapter 1, verse 8. Here's Job. Now, Job is minding his business. He's praying. He's taking care of his family. His finances are blessed. Man, he's going to the supermarket. He's whistling. He's in traffic. He ain't trying to fight nobody. He's enjoying the blessings of God. Family's blessed. Finances are blessed. His, his faith is blessed. And his future is blessed. That sounds pretty good to me. And all of a sudden, one day... They were having church, and guess who showed up? Lucifer himself. And God looked at him and said, "Whence comest thou?" He said, "Where are you coming from?" The Bible says you got to learn how to try the spirits and see whether they be of God or not. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to try those thoughts and say, "Man, where's that coming from?" Thoughts like condemnation and suicide. Oh, yeah, depression and all this junk and sexual perversion and all. You got to see where it's coming from so you can get rid of it. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And watch uh, Lucifer said, uh, I've been going to and fro throughout the earth, going up and down in it. Now, you know the devil's a liar. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. The Bible calls him the father of lies. And the truth is not in him. He can't even speak the truth because he's a liar. And God said, all right, have you considered my servant Job? And what God did in that little verse right there was he exposed what Satan had been doing. He said, you ain't been walking. You've been doing some studying. That word consider in the Hebrew means to put his intellect, memory, and mind on a person. He said he'd been studying. That's what he'd been doing and walking around, studying your life, studying what makes you upset, looking at your past, seeing if there's any way he can get in there. And that's why sometimes you'll be driving down the road and an old offense will just creep up in your mind, how somebody hurts you. And it was like that hot knife just got you in the back again. And mm, because he studies us. You ever heard of a zoologist? They study animals. They run experiments. They study ecosystems and habitats. And they watch how they react to stimuli. Study animals. And the Bible says this flesh, the Greek word is sarks. It means animal instinct. Because when you chop this off right here, we're just like beasts. We look for anything that will fulfill pleasure and satisfaction. And this is why the Bible says the carnal mind is an enemy to God. You got to have a spiritual mind. You got to get in the word of God so you, so you don't walk around like some animal, but you stand up like a woman of God, a man of God, and you think like God, and you can go where God goes. Oh, hallelujah. He studies, he studies, he studies. He said, have you considered my servant Job, a righteous man, one that escheweth evil? And watch what the devil said. He said, yeah, you got a hedge around him. I've been trying to study him, but he's got a habitat he goes to, and I can't study him like I want to. 
Friend, when you get into prayer and when you get in the word of God, man, the Bible says you are a new creature in Christ. You don't think like the old. You don't think like everybody else. And the devil can't figure you out when you start acting like the word of God tells you to act and you start thinking like the word of God instructs us to think. Oh, hallelujah. Some of y'all looking at me like, man, you need to hurry up. You know that look when somebody owe you money, but they ain't got it. You're looking for them. You see them at the grocery store, you're like, hey, they're like. I got to go, yeah, I'll text you, I'll text you. This right here, that's what the devil's after. Watch him now. This right here, that's what God's after. And the flesh is pulling, and God is pulling, and you got to determine which one you're going to give. Amen. Because God said, if you'll give me your mind, he said, I'll bless you. I'll increase you. I'll progress you. <laughs> Blessed is the man. Man, I'm so far off my notes, praise God. Amen. I want that word in me. I want the word of God. Listen, listen, listen. He said, he shall be like a tree planted. By the rivers of water. Watch it now, because a tree, somebody say treeology. I don't know if that's a word, but we'll make a word today. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A tree knows how to stand by itself. A tree knows how to stand. Ready? He's not mobile, he's isolated. But I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to weather the storm. You know how people weather the storm? They get in the word of God, and the winds blow, and the rain comes, and the earth shakes, but the tree stands in the midst of the storm. Woo, I've seen some ferocious storms. I've seen that wind blow, and I've seen that tree bend, and it may lose some branches, but come springtime, it's there, and it's got some fruit to bear for others. Oh, that word, the word of God. The Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word. Desire it. And the only way you can create desires, you got to create an empty place. You got to create an appetite. That means you got to stop consuming some things. Some of us are wondering, how come I don't have a desire for the word of God? The mind has a capacity of fulfillment. I remember seeing an old comic strip, uh, Far Side Comic some students in the classroom. Everybody had normal size heads and they were studying. There's a dude in the back, a little pinhead, and he raised his head. He said, teacher, can I be excused? My brain is full. Sometimes I feel like that, man. Hey, man. One, two scriptures, I'm good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I got my blessing. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is if I, if I consume everything else, and leave whatever I have left for God. My appetite is not like it should be. Job said, I've esteemed his word more than my necessary food. You know what he was really saying? Before I even eat in the flesh, I already got a hold of God's word. <laughs> you 
You say, why are you preaching like that? Because I woke up this morning and I heard the voice of the Lord. And God said, you tell my people if they will get in my word, I will bless them. If they will get in my word, I will bless them. Everything by the word, the world will frame. God took nothing and made something by his word. When you get in God's word, all of a sudden things start, blessings start formulating and peace and, and structure and organization and balance starts coming out of nowhere because that's what the world, that's what God's word brings to the world. The earth was without form and void, Genesis 1 says. That means it was chaotic. It was fluid. It was shifting. Man, it was darkness. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And that's what's going on in the world today. Ain't much changed. And God hovered over all of it. And God said, let there be. And it was. Oh, hallelujah. I just felt peace creep in this place right now. You feel that? Woo, I feel peace just, just came in and hovered over this thing. Every hand lifted up praying, God, give me a hunger for the word of God. Musicians, please come right now. Come on, everybody pray a sincere prayer. God, whatever I've got to empty out of my life, I want that word of God. God, I desire, I'm esteeming your word more than my necessary food. Whatever it's going to take, God, I desire your word. I want to know what you're speaking to the world. I want to know what you're speaking to me right now. In the name of Jesus, come on. I want you to imagine yourself right now tomorrow morning waking up and going to the table and grabbing the Bible and reading and seeing what God is going to speak to you for that day. Hallelujah. What is God going to say to me today? Oh, hallelujah. He said, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. I've got things that I want to say. His word, his word. In the name of Jesus. His word, his word, his word. David, David said it like this. He said, it is the counsel of his heart. It is the counsel of his heart. The truth of the matter is, Brother Jonathan, when God gave us his word, he gave us the most intimate parts of his personality. And when you pick up the word of God, you are picking up the heart of God. Watch it now. Because more is spoken through action. Jesus said, they draw close to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's, this is my heart right here. And when you open up the word of God and you begin to read what your heart does with his heart, it's become one. Hallelujah. He said, man, I love you, Jesus. He says, all right. I know you do. And by showing me that love, he said, I want to see your devotion. Somebody say focus. Focus. A 
Attraction. That's what focus means. Attraction. It's the first phase of focus. Attraction. God is saying, be attracted to my word. The second phase is attention. Read my word. And then the third phase is activity. And there's an old Italian word for the word focus. You know what it means, Brother Jonathan? It means a fireplace. Fireplace. Because in those days, watch him now, in those days when they would create these words, they had to give an image so people could know what you're talking about. And when they said focus, it was it was like that fireplace, that hearth. It was it was the place where everybody goes to get warm. In the time of coldness, that's, the, that's where everything evolved around, the fireplace. And God is saying, you've got to let your life evolve around the Word of God. You've got to focus on God's Word. God's Word. Hallelujah. There's a battle going on right now. You feel it? There's a battle. The devil don't want you giving God's Word. Amen. Because there's blessings behind God's word. There's strength behind God's word. Man, there's wisdom. David said, I've become wiser than my adversaries. He said, because I have a relationship with the word of God. See, I know what it's like to live a life. The only time I was getting fed was when I came to church. That was the only time I heard scripture. And one day I said, I've got to get in this word. And God said, you tell my people that if they will get in my word, I will bless them. I will bless them. Amen. I was telling Pastor Hood last night, I never forget being in a service, old prophet come through. And he got up to the pulpit. It was just one of those services, you know, where you just, man, you're just afraid of the preacher, boy. You're like, man, I'm sitting in the back. Sitting in the back. Hey, Brother Cornish, what you doing? I'm, I'm back here. I'm listening on intercom got up and he started talking about God gave him a vision that night and he said in this vision he said he was it was right before service I'll never forget it because it was so heavy in there and he said he he said he was praying he said God brought him in this dimension of vision said he was walking down this hallway and he said he looked he said there was a man sitting at a desk in a, in a study in a library like a study all these books and all these different things and he said he's the man had his back to him sitting down at this desk and he said it was late in the night he said there was nobody there and he walked down this hallway and he said there was a man sitting at the desk he said he was studying and he was walking he can tell he was engrossed and saturated with this book that he was studying he he could tell he was so focused on it that he nothing could break his attention nothing could could even distract him and he said as he got closer and the man didn't notice who he was. He didn't notice him there. And he it's like God was hiding him. And he said he looked around and he said it was Lucifer studying the Bible. He said he was so engrossed in it. Because he knows this is our liberty right here. This is our power. This is our strength. This is our nourishment this right here. It's got to be more than a coaster for you. It's got to be more than a decoration. It's got to, it's, this is God's love letter to me. 
I got to be devoted to this thing. I got to be loyal to the Word of God. Mm, you know what I found, Pastor Hood? The more I'm in this, the more my complaining goes down. I'm talking to somebody. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You start reading this, and all of a sudden, from Tuesday to Wednesday, I was going to say, you know what, Pastor's right. My pastor called me the other day. He rebuked me. All of a sudden, man, my chest got out. I'm like, remember Mighty Mouse? Oh. The word said, humble yourself under the mighty hand. I said, you're right, Pastor. Right. He was right. But at the moment, he was wrong. You know what I'm saying? But you know what did it, brother? It was the word that changed this right here. Thank God for his word. Oh, that old companion. That's bread when I'm hungry. Strength when I'm weary. Comfort when I'm in confusion. Why don't we stand to our feet, Lord? Jesus, I don't know what he wants to do for you. I really don't know what he wants to do for you personally. We'd have to get inside of your soul to understand what God wants to do, but, but you know what he wants to do for you. Some of us need the Holy Ghost. You never spoke in tongues. God can fill you with his spirit today. Some of us need forgiveness. He can do all that. Some of us need healing. Some of us just need a a fresh mind wash and he can do all of that hallelujah every hand lifted up right where you stand I want you to see in your mind's eye Jesus just coming grabbing your hand and as he grabs your hand whatever is in him strength and virtue purity is leaving him going into you I want you to see him restoring you, filling you with his spirit, strengthening you. You got to see it through faith. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Everybody praying, Lord, I love you. Everybody reach out to him. God, I need you. I desire you, God, in the name of Jesus. I feel the strength of God in this place. If you need special prayer, if you need special prayer, you need the Holy Ghost, I want to open up this altar to you right now. You need a touch from God. You need something. You need a word from God. I want you to come forward. Amen. I want you to lift up your hands and close your eyes as you begin to pray. And I want you to just begin to pray and let God take over your words. I want let God guide your words. Let God guide the words that are coming out of your soul. Let him formulate the words. He say, I don't know what to pray. Let God pray it through you in the name of Jesus. Just begin to love him. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Can you say that? I love you, Jesus. It's all right to keep telling him what you're doing as you're reaching forth with faith. I love you, Jesus. Keep on doing that. Let him formulate the words. The words may not make sense. That's the Holy Ghost. He loves you today. He's calling you. Come out from among them.
and take my love upon you. In the name of Jesus, he's in the place right now. That's it. That's it. Your emotions may begin to move. That's all right. Let, you, let God guide your emotions. Let God guide your emotions. In the name of Jesus. That's it. He's talking to you right now. Let him fill you with his spirit. Amen. Let him speak through you in that heavenly language. The physicians in the house. at your throne. 